All right, so there's this, uh, this, this guy goes into a bar, and he's got his dog, right? And he says, you know, he doesn't have a lot of money, so, but it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He wants a beer, and he says to the bartender, listen, I don't have any money. Would it be cool with you if I showed you that my dog can talk? Would you give me a free beer? And so the bartender looks around. You know, it's kind of slow, and he's kind of cleaning up his uh, beer glasses and such. And he goes, you know what? Whatever. Sure. If your dog can talk, I'll give you a free beer. So the guy says, okay, great, great, great. Turns to his dog. Now, listen, uh, Rover. All right. Uh, you hear what the man says. You know, let's make sure that we answer correctly. Um, all right. The, the skin that's around a tree. What do we call that? And so the dog uh, Rover says, bark. <laughs> right? So the guy turns to, to the bartenders and he says, huh, huh? How about that? And the bartender says, all right, get out of here, right? So, so the, the guy, the man says, no, 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 give me, give me another chance. So he turns to Rover and he says, listen, Rover, you see the man's impatient here. So that, that thing, when you, when you put your hand over some sandpaper, how does that feel? And Rover says, rough. <laughs> right? So the bartender says, get out of here. This is ridiculous. And the, the man says, no, 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 please, please give me one more shot, okay? I, I promise you, if we, if, if we disappoint you for whatever reason, your, your call, you can grab us by the scruff and toss us out in the back alley. And he, and he says, you know what? Okay, I'll do that. So the guy says, okay, uh, Robert, listen, you see how really, this is our last shot, okay? I, I want you to answer very carefully. Rover, who was the greatest baseball player of all time? Dog looks up and he says, Ruth. <laughs> so <laughs> the guy, the, the bartender's just fed up, of course, and he grabs the, the guy by the scruff and the dog by the scruff, just like he said he would, tosses them out in the back alley, and they're tumbling, and trash cans are going all over the place, and a, and a cat is going, and, and all that, just like you imagine. They finally come to, and the dog turns to his master and says, What, do you think I should have said Joe DiMaggio? <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> okay, so why do I bring up this joke, <laughs> of all things? It's about being clear. It's about bringing your best foot forward and, and, not, and, and not kind of saying things that might be misinterpreted a certain way. And I, I love that joke because it's funny along the way also, right? So it's, you know, in addition to the punchline. Now, I think, when I think about the election, I think about... Um, the 2016 election we're talking about, of course. I'm thinking about how the liberalism, Judaism, America, and Christianity all have one thing in common. Okay? So, did I get this right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me make this clear. Israel, Judaism, Cons uh, conservatism, America, yeah, and Christianity. Yeah, yeah, you confused okay. me because you said liberalism. That's right. No, so cancel the, the liberalism yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. So five things, right? At least you got the joke right. Okay, right. <laughs> That's right. Conservatism, America, Israel, Christianity. And Judaism. And Judaism. They all have one thing, very importantly, one thing in common. And most people won't be able to answer the question, but it's so important to understand this. The answer is they all hold the world to a higher standard, okay? And in addition to that, they are all hated because of it, because of holding the world to a higher standard. That 
my friends, is the essence of what anti-Semitism was. People are always trying to understand anti-Semitism, always. Why is it different than racism? Why is it different than, uh, you know, misogynism? Right? Why is it different than uh, anti-Eskimoism? I, I don't know. Right? Why is it different than the general run-of-the-mill? Yeah, why isn't it just racism right. like all right. the other races? Right. And the reason is what I just said. Because the Jews, and now all those other groups I just mentioned, but the Jews held the world to a higher standard. And people hate that. They hate it. Okay? But it's necessary. Okay? Everyone wants... Let me put it this way. The, the, the Jew... In a sense, in the old days and now, the American, the conservative, the Christian, uh, and Israel, generally speaking, they are each like that kid in fourth grade that when the substitute teacher comes in and she asks, class, where are we in your, in your lesson, in your math lesson? All the other kids say, teacher lets us play on yeah, Wednesdays, no. right? They go, we don't do math. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But, they, but the kids right. all say... Teacher lets us play, okay, on Wednesdays. We're, we're cool. She's, she's cool, yeah. And, but the Jew, the American, the, they're that kid that says, no, teacher, we were starting unit eight. We were learning fractions and decimals and so on, okay? And all the kids say, oh, Johnny, you suck, <laughs> right? And they throw erasers or whatever they can at him. And, and he's, a, he's a marked kid for the rest of the year. But Johnny did the right thing. Johnny is simply saying, we need to move along. We need to continue our learning. We have work to do to improve. That's right. And, and that the world cannot abide. Can't. And so when people ask, you know, the, the, the strange question, and, and, you know, I just had a, I spoke with a, a, you know, a master of a, basically he's a rabbi, and he's always, he was always fascinated why liberals uh, seem to not... Um, embrace Israel, which is so good, right? It's so good to its gays. It's so good to its women. It's so good to its minorities and everything else. And yet, liberals seem to not embrace Israel. There, of course, there are, there are many liberals who do embrace Israel, but by and large, as, a, as an ideology, liberalism rejects Israel. It, it, it views Israel as uh, apartheid and it's, it's oppressive and all those things that we, that we hear about them. So why is it? And I explained to them, because Israel holds the world and itself to a higher standard. And, and they don't like that. You know, when they're talking about uh, liberalism, you talk about the end of marriage. You talk about, you know, there's no, no distinction between men and women. They, they're always eviscerating all the distinctions. And here comes uh, this country that says, hey, we, we hold the world to justice and, and kindness and uh, tolerance and such. Those are standards but they don't want to live by any standards at all. So you understand there's a cognitive dissonance. That explains the cognitive dissonance, and for that matter, why Israel is not part of the liberal platform. That's why. Yeah, and then, and, and then there's one other thing to it, which is this, because it would be one thing if they just didn't embrace Israel and its values. Okay, right. fine. But the fact that they then go on and embrace Israel's enemies, right. oh. whole other ball of wax, totally unacceptable. but totally consistent. That's right. If you factor in the point you made about Israel is the nerdy kid in school holding everyone to higher standards that are inconvenient and uncomfortable for them, and that liberalism itself rejects that there are any standards ever anywhere. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, I, 
I, they, they just as long as everything disappears. I mean, Hitler. The reason why he wanted to go after the Jews, and then his plan was to go after the Christians. Of course, had he succeeded uh, beyond his his wishes, uh, his wildest dreams. The reason why he wanted to destroy the Jews is that in is in his mind he thought by destroying the Jews he would be destroying the Ten Commandments. And what is the Ten Commandments? But the ultimate set of standards, right? No, you know who are you to tell me how I should live my life and all that stuff? I, I'm going to be setting the standards. I, man, will will decide the standards. And it, it's a might make rights standard, and you know that's exactly what Hitler was all about. And he was coming after the Christians too. So uh, no surprise there that liberalism embraced fascism in its own way, not necessarily Hitlerism or Nazism, but it, it, it did embrace fascism. It didn't want these standards, the, the, these, these Christian standards. I mean, it's crazy. These Jewish standards, what are you talking about? This is why they embraced eugenics. This is why they embraced the notion that, that, uh, that, that different races were different and, and inferior to some extent. They, they, and, they, and that's why evolution, you know, appeals to them so well. Evolution has no standards. The only standard, if you want, is that survival is the fittest. But that's, that's not really a standard. That's an explanation in evolution. But it's not an explanation for our civilization. Civilization can only result from standards. Only. And, and, and that's the mess that we find ourselves in. So now going now to the world of liberalism and Israel, that ex- kind of, I think it explains it pretty well, don't you think? I mean, that, that is the, that's why. Yeah. 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 So so Israel stands for something. And even, and we've had... They, they, I'm sorry, one last point, I want to hear what sure. you say. But that's why they're willing to go support Syria and Iran, for that matter, and Saudi Arabia, even though they do such horrific things, because those countries stand for nothing. They don't have standards. Unless you want to say Sharia law and such, but that's that's not a viable standard by any stretch, in my opinion. Um, it's just it's chaos. Yeah. They're okay with chaos. Anyway, go Absolutely. ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. And and even if what you said is not the reason for the, the liberalism's behavior towards Israel, it explains maybe eighty or ninety percent of the reason. That's right. It's definitely within the realm of accurate. Yeah, maybe the other twenty percent is the, the the notion of victimhood because they the the anti-Israel uh, contingency has portrayed uh, the Palestinians and for that matter anybody who's uh, an enemy of Israel as a victim, and so victims are always uh, afforded great right. status. Yeah, it's not a standard by means by any means. It's just a, a you know a thing that is a victim. Right. right? The police, so. the National Guard shot the victims at Kent State. The Jews shoot the Palestinians. The Hence, the Kent State hippies are the Palestinians. That, there That's you go. Sort of how their mind works. Yeah. But, but it's also interesting how this repeats itself because, again, with liberalism, it's one thing to have a problem with the fact that the good society does not achieve everything it aspires to be. Example, uh, criticizing the United States of America during the Cold War. Right. During the Red Scare. Right. It's a whole other ball of wax to be passing secrets to the Soviet Union. Right. And then Nazism and Hitler is a wonderful example that you bring up because so much of what was liberalism in the 1920s and the 1930s became what was Nazism. Yeah. The eugenics, the progressivism, the massive intrusions of government to all sectors of life. And isn't it also interesting that the great liberal heroes at the time, Roosevelt, did not 
interfere with Nazism until he absolutely had to. Right. In other words, you could make probably a pretty good argument Mm-hmm. That liberals don't even oppose Nazism except in the rear view of 2020 hindsight. Oh, of course. Oh, 100%. Uh, I always say liberals only recognize evil in the past. Yes. Okay, that's the easiest way of putting it. Yes. So now they're beginning to understand that communism was probably a bad thing. <laughs> and, you know, hence the movie from Spielberg, Bridge of Spies, for example. That, it's a good movie uh, recognizing that communism was evil. And you're seeing people trying to cross the, the Berlin Wall and they're being shot haphazardly and, you know, in an evil way for what it was. Now they recognize it. Thank you so much. Yeah, but I don't think, <laughs> see, that's the other thing about liberals. It has to be about going all the way through something. When you and I complete a point, two plus two equals four. And we land on the four, right? right. Mm-hmm. You would think if, if um, they really are addressing communism as they would in, in a major piece of Hollywood art, it would be communism is bad, communism was bad then, and communism is bad now. Bernie Sanders, go and you know what yourself. Right. Right? But there isn't a modern rejection yeah, yeah. of it. No, I, I agree. But let's go back a little bit because it, this kind of relates to the, kind of, um, the next point that I want to make. Which is because I'm really fascinated with the aftermath of uh, what happened with the election. Okay, so when you know, I feel like one of those. Oh yeah, uh, this is hilarious. Okay, we're so, we're really enjoying yeah. This, this is funny. So I feel like this is one of those um, a TV series where you you know you're trying to catch up on what happened when we last spoke with. Hillary was working with Jill Stein right. on raising money from you idiots out there, <laughs> right. and a bunch of you gave money. Right. Well, well, you're a little ahead of me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, when we were when we last spoke, there was an election. <laughs> let's start from there, okay? <laughs> and surprise, surprise, this man named Donald Trump won. It wasn't a surprise to you and me necessarily, but it was a surprise to most of America and you know it's a, a fact on the ground and then you and then you see on the next episode of you know the Clinton loser uh, you have um, you know her you know, giving her what are the condolence speech no yeah, a concession, concession, speech. concession speech and uh, the concession speech and she's wearing purple and isn't that nice and such like that okay so it's a very calming color yeah so yeah, I felt I felt really <laughs> calm about it I was in a safe space again <laughs> anyway, so she, 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 you think okay, this, this issue is over, but it's not. As it turns out, no, 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 no. It's it's a little bit like the zombies. You shoot them down, and you think you've got them good, but no, it, they, they they prop up, bing, like that. Like uh, you can make many metaphors, the whack a mole or whatever you want, but it's more like zombies that you think they're dead. This is it. We're done. But no, we've got. So Jill Stein brings up this. She's, she was the third-party candidate, I think the Green Party candidate, right? Yeah, who, who was siphoning Hillary, Hillary votes away from Hillary during the election, right. gets 1% of the vote at most or so herself, and then approaches these different states, believe it or not, as an aggrieved party wanting right. recount. That's right. Uh, well, the reason why is because Hillary herself had conceded the election, and so for her to ask for the recount would be inconsistent with her conceding the election, okay? You mean saying accepting the, not accepting the election results would be un-American? No, I would say that it's in- inconsistent with her conceding the, the, the election. Well, that would remember when Trump was I, I, I understand, but, but, yeah. but I want to move forward. I mean, I, I guess Jill Stein can, can turn to uh, Hillary Clinton and say, don't worry, I got so few votes, it really wouldn't have affected the, the election. You would have lost anyway, lady, right? But that's another story. 
So she, she goes through this election process, and what, first of all, she gets shot down in Pennsylvania. I guess she can't. It's, it's, she's way too late to do the recount. Uh, and the only place where she can do the recount is in Michigan. Wisconsin. And, but also Michigan, too. They, they did, I'll get yeah, to that yeah. point. So Wisconsin, uh, they, they do the recount, and they discovered that, lo and behold, Trump actually had 131 more votes than Clinton did. The dope <laughs> factor, right? <laughs> Not what I was hoping for factor. So that's, that's a lot of egg on their face. And then, in addition, in Michigan, specifically in Detroit, they find out that there are many more ballots that had been cast than there were actual registrants for, I think, 37% of the precincts in Detroit. Oops, we uncovered voter fraud in the wrong direction. Massive, Massive. Democrat voter fraud, yeah. right where you and I thought right. it would be. Right. <laughs> and so we say unto you, my friends, thank you, Jill Stein. Thank you so very much for proving our point. You know, be, be careful what you look for, not necessarily what you wish for, right? Just to paraphrase yeah. the phrase. Be careful what you look for. You just might find something you don't want to find. Yeah, I was suggesting when the recount started, I said, you know what Trump should do? Trump should ask for recounts in uh, Virginia and Chicago. Oh, absolutely. Wherever he lost, yeah. uh, whatever state, let's do it. Okay, so uh, that, that would have been cute. But, uh, you know, fortunately that didn't have to happen and we're, we're kind of the end of that rope. Then the next wave, of course, is this Russia argument. Okay, well, Russia was behind the hacking, don't you know? And that, no doubt, must have altered the election because there's no way in hell that Donald Trump could have won this election, don't you know? That's okay, right. so Russian, that's the... Russia, as it turned out, I don't know if the listeners know this, they set up Hillary's email server. <laughs> right. They okay. told her, they, they told convinced her. her. Right. They, <laughs> they put something in the water to make her create a private server for herself. And, and then she, they sent... In fact, they, they, they were the ones who actually told her to run for president. Yes. yes. Yes, they did. And they also stationed Chris Stevens in Benghazi at that right. little annex without any security. Right, right. Yeah, was a, she, was a, she was a Manchurian candidate as a loser. Right. You know, you will lose this election. <laughs> anyway, it's just so crazy. So, but I mean, we'll talk about how crazy the reasoning is, but then I, w- I want to kind of go into the psychology after. So remind yeah. me if I, if, I, if I forget. But the, the notion that the Russians were behind this. Okay, so... If, Putting aside, I mean, it's a little bit like global warming, right? You have to believe many different things in order for it to make sense, right? So, okay, for this theory that the Russians changed the election, you would have to kind of reorient your entire mind, first of all, in the first place, where you previously said this election is, you know, the the whole election process, it depends on us having confidence and faith in the election system. Otherwise, it all collapses, my Republican friends. Oh, that's what they said before the election. Yeah. But it's after the election. It's a completely different story. It's like the, you know, the book 1984. So they, they, that, that is bizarre. The second thing is that they would have to show that there is, in fact, something that the Russians did that, in fact, led to a distortion of the voting, right? That people either who voted for the ballot or when they counted them at either one correct. of those locations. Right. Yeah. So that you'd have to assume that they wanted Trump to, to be the president, to which I would say, why would they want Trump to be president of, right. of, between Hillary the two? Give them all that uranium. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't get that. You know, the, the Russians are very good in the cor- corruption business, right? And they and they see a, an ally and friend in the Clinton Foundation, no less, right? I mean, this is crazy. They, they'll get what they want with the Clintons. And Clinton, are you kidding? She's not going to go to war with Russia. 
F that, she'll say. You think that she's a hawk? Give me a break. When has a Democrat been a hawk since FDR? And even then, you know, he, he had his uh, misgivings, or rather his, uh, his frailties there. Yeah, Japan had to attack the, the Western Navy to get him into a war. Yeah, but, but FDR wanted <laughs> the war. That, that, I'll, I'll, we have to give him that. FDR wanted the war. That, that's not the point. So then you have to argue that the Russians had the impact and that they must have, therefore, the votes that were, uh, were for Hillary somehow got converted to votes for Trump. Okay, so they have to establish that. Okay, they have no evidence of any of that, first of all. The fact that the Russians may have hacked email systems doesn't mean that they changed the election, you understand. Okay, now, let's say that they did. Then the question is, how many did they affect? How pervasive was it? Was it 20 votes? Was it 131 <laughs> votes, right? Was it uh, 13,000 votes? Was it 200,000 votes? Was it a million right. votes? What was it? Okay. Right. Was it 22,000 votes in Wisconsin? <laughs> right. Was it 11,900 in Michigan? That's and right. 85,000 in Pennsylvania? Because that's a lot of votes. That's exactly right. That's, 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 a, lot of, that's a lot of hacking of right. different voters in different counties in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin who, like the Borg, said, Putin wants me to vote Trump. <laughs> I vote Trump. <laughs> Liverpool, Trump. Yeah. Well, and it also assumes that all, all votes are by way of computers, and it's not really true either, right? I mean, in California, at least, I know that you actually have a paper ballot. I do little, little things, that, yes, it, and a computer kind of reads it, I suppose. But anyway, you would have to show that some, some dramatic... I mean, but this is conspiratorial thinking, that this is what liberals love. They, they actually believe this crap, right? Well, we, they have to, because no. the truth is impossible for them to assume. Yeah, they, they can't accept that. So... It, it, so we'll get to the psychology yeah, in a moment. There's, wait, wait, wait. there's one issue yeah. in the in that list of things that had to, but there's more. to prove it. But, but wait, there's, there's more. But right, but wait, there's right. more. This is, I think, a very big one. You you nailed it in, in part, but I think the, the question needs to be asked. What about the last eight years was not beneficial to the Russians that would make them want America to change course? Right. I, I can't think I, of one thing that has point. been incredibly beneficial to both the Russians and the Chinese. Uh, I, I agree. <laughs> Why would they want Trump? Agree. Right. And, and, and you know, but in the in the attack uh, that the Russians were were complicit in this whole uh, election in favor of Trump, what they're what they want to ignore, of course, is the possibility, just the possibility, that perhaps Hillary lost. Because Hillary lost, because she didn't have a message, right? Because they were tired of Obama and they didn't want a third term of Obama as she was promising that they would get more of the same for the next four years, right? That the whole, the, the, it, there's no internal reflection that maybe, that maybe the reason why she lost was because she lost. Right. That, that maybe, and that maybe Trump's message resonated for some reason. Just crazy, just putting it out there as a, as a crazy idea, folks. Yeah. That's that's something that you need to think about. Now, I said I was going to get into the psychology of this because I am fascinated by this. We, we talked about conspiracies. You know, liberals tend to believe in conspiracies. We, this is the way they think. Global warming is a fantastic example of that, by the right. way. It's so this notion that somebody's in charge and, and you know, this is going to be, a computer tells you how the weather is going to be like or the climate's going to be like 50, 60, 80 years from now. It's just... Beyond belief, idiotic. Yeah, a okay. white man yeah. running an oil company right. wants all of us 
to sweat in a worldwide sauna. Right. That's the something conspiracy. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's that bizarre. Okay, and these are you know, and I, I had a whole Sunday show about this. Who is more, more likely to believe in conspiracies? Um, liber, uh, liberal uh, slash atheist, or the godless, they love a, a conspiracies. It's bizarre. The connection between uh, those who do not believe in God and those who do believe in conspiracies, very high. Uh, really bizarrely yeah. high. And with conspiracies, you're talking about the obvious ones. The Illuminati. Yeah. The JFK assassination. The, the lunar, the lunar landing. Uh, lunar landing. Yeah, the 9-11 made. truthers. Yeah. yeah you, you name it. Okay, there's t- the Rothschild conspiracy. And uh, whenever somebody announces that they have this belief in any one of those conspiracies, the obvious ones, certainly... I, then I want to ask. Them, I, I want to interview them. That's so interesting. Tell me, what, what, do you believe in God? No, it's absurd. They're very logical all of a sudden, yeah. right? And and uh, and I said, what's your political leaning? Is it conservative? Is it liberal? Very left wing. It's it's like a hundred percent correlation. It's so bizarre. And I, I figured out the reason for that, and that is that the need to believe that someone's in charge is so powerful, and because we believe in God. And we believe that God is the one ultimately in charge, we, and, and man is weak. We're okay with that, but we, that's why we also think conspiracies always fail, and we don't believe in conspiracies because we know man is so weak. That you, you can't have something like the Men in Black situation where everyone's kept secret for decades. You're, you're led to believe that there's this secret world going on, and and everything is managed to be you know kept. Yeah, no hidden. one's going to figure it out and post it on Twitter. Not yeah, one. Not, person. not one person. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. all it's great secret, right? right. And uh, and and everyone who happens to see it that something they, they put that little pen that flashes the light, and you forget, and they'll get everyone. Right. right. This is why gun control. And I'm going to be talking this on on Sunday is so absurd as a notion because let's say the liberals get their way and on the, on the books, it's going to say you can't have uh, these guns and we're going to enforce this and all that stuff. Okay, great. No guns whatsoever. That's their ultimate dream, right? So, all right. So now what? Now they've gotten the laws and the books that they, they wanted. Okay. So you've got the same government that runs the United Postal Service, right? The same government that runs Obamacare, <laughs> the same government that, that issues all those social security checks to the dead and everything else, right? You've got the same, same government that, uh, that takes care of your school system. Now they're, they're running, essentially, the gun control laws. Okay, so what do you think is going to happen? All the wrong people are going to wind up with guns. Right. So they're, <laughs> and, not, and they're forgot, not going to enforce it. They're, it's not going to happen. You that, also, that's the bottom line. You also forgot one other very important thing. <clears throat> So they're putting that much trust in the police department that shot Michael Brown? Yeah, good point. Yeah, at the same time, they hit. Good point. Very and good Freddie point. Freddie Gray? Say no more. And won't convict George yeah. Zimmerman for shooting Twayvon? So, so they want no guns whatsoever. Everyone, everyone should have you know, sticks or batons at, at most. And even then, it's an issue. But, but here's the point. Going back to the conspiracies, right, and all the, the godless, I'm drilling back down to where we were. It's, it's like this psychology that they have where, and the whole post-election approach reflects everything we've just been talking about, right? It's about conspiracies. It's about trying to find answers where there are none and not looking inward to themselves. Okay, so th- th- those are, th- but the key thing is that it's like that Seinfeld episode where they describe what the Seinfeld show is all about. It's a show about nothing. Right? Liberalism is a show about nothing. And when you're about nothing, then you're constantly in search for something 
to legitimize yourself, right? I mean, it's like atheism. It, by definition, atheism is a, is a uh, ideology about nothing. It says there is nothing, right? There's no, so, so they gravitate toward everything else, everything that's nonsensical, whether that's environmentalism or socialism, um, you name it, animal rights. You, you, that's their big thing. Okay, so they have to kind of create these uh, these cause celebrities to to give themselves life and meaning. Yeah, these stories or conspiracies. You know what's so interesting? Or conspiracies, about what you just exactly. Said? Yeah, is every one of their cause celebs is always involved in taking power from people and giving it to a strong man. Right. And it also correlates to their love of dictators and dictatorships. Yeah. Because if they don't have God out there. They better have someone in control, right? Well, that's and that's why. So it's, they gravitate yeah. to people who climb the anthill of humanity and stay there, and they and they respect those people too. Like that's why Thomas Friedman can so easily say, without even blinking, without even wincing, I should say, that we should all that America should be China for a day, because yeah. you know, by golly, they get things done. Yeah, or right? why Danny Glover and Sean Penn hang out with Chavez. Right, or and why they or, think they, they and Woody Allen wants to give uh, dictator dictator powers to Obama, because again, you know that they'll get things done. Never mind the process. Process doesn't mean anything to them, but they have to. So going back, they they, they need to make this about something. So they can't accept being a party of, of nothing. They can't accept the loss, right? So they don't say to themselves, "Now we'll, we'll, we'll be." We'll, be, um, we'll, we'll go forward for the year 2020, and we're going to kind of look inward and, and correct ourselves and make ourselves better, reshape our party, you know, enjoy a better candidate maybe, or advance a better candidate to make ourselves win. No, no, no. They're not interested in that at all. Because to do so would, would, would mean that they would have to be about something, right? So, you know, you, when you're a party about nothing, you can make it yourself two times more, three times more. 14 times more, and you'll still be nothing. It's mathematical, right? So unless they start embracing something like, I mean, and they never will, by the way. They, trust me, they never will. They'll, they'll go further down the path of socialism. They will not start saying, you know what, maybe we ought to rethink ourselves in our, in our ways. Maybe we'll win when we embrace more of capitalistic ideas, capitalist ideas. Maybe we'll win more if we start embracing God a little bit more. These are phrases you will not hear from the Liberal Party. No, and if you notice, rather than doing that, they're going the other way. Th- that's what I just it, said. It, it, exactly you, as you said. I don't think Ari is hearing Sorry, me. Sorry, I was, I was zoning <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, you were zoning out. We're, they're going to go more and more socialist. Right. They're, they're going to go more godless. They're doubling down. But, but, but okay, no, a news, news commentator would say that they're doubling down. But we're not saying that, Ari and I. We're saying that's their inevitability. They, they yeah. have to go that way because they're about zero. And they don't, they don't know anything else. They don't know anything other than nothingness because they're a party without standards in the first place. They think they are. They'll tell you if, if we had a, a serious liberal here, they'd say, what are you talking about, Ari and Barack? Uh, we believe in compassion. We believe in justice, social justice. We believe in, in uh, income, f- fair, uh, fair income taxing, equality. income equality. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's got, That's not a standard, my friends. 
that's just that, that you, you you think it's a standard, but it's not a standard. Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's an aspiration that's like you might as well say I would like everyone to get along. Right. That, it, clearly, that's not a standard. Yeah, it's a meaningless phrase that, yeah. depending on who the strong man is, whether he's a wise and benevolent strong man or a horrible tyrant, right. will be applied in different ways. Yeah. Income inequality can mean everyone makes a million dollars a year, or it means everyone is eating dirt. That's right. That's right. But this is why they, they so admire Castro, Che Guevara, uh, Chavez, and, and so many others, uh, dictators out there. Even Mao, to some extent, they, they still admire him because, well, he's a strong man and he got things done. And, and it was it was a vicious and horrific ways that he got things done. But it's still the, the nothingness that's out there. They're still in search of something. And so this post-election thing, and this is where I want to wrap up, this whole post-election um, uh, the antics, the response to it, reflects the nothingness of the Democratic Party. Because if they were about something, they would accept this loss and move on. And they would say, let's, uh, let's, let's be about something. We didn't emphasize how good we are on policy X and our agenda Y, and that's where we're going to go. And we need to kind of focus on that. And we need to grab more of this. And the Republicans uh, took away this part, whatever. They, they, they could do that. But instead of that, they, they had nothing. They, they, they are about nothing. And so they're chasing these things that make them look like such fools. The very fools that they claim that they would accuse us of being for not accepting and embracing the loss uh, if we were to lose. That's the, that's the Democratic Party. The party of nothing. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a case where your client invested $100,000 with her accountant who put her into various fake real estate investments. Yes, the challenge here was that neither the attorney nor the client were really focusing on this case. So what'd you do? At the deposition, I had a big stack of documents that I told her I was going to ask her to testify about. I made sure she saw those documents and let her know her serious exposure. We settled for the full amount of the payments my client had paid her. We didn't even start the deposition. Litigation is a lot about understanding the psychology of your opposing party and sometimes the opposing counsel. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right. Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. So we talked in the previous segment about how uh, liberals are thinking and it's conspiracy and everything else. I think underlying all of this, Ari, is the way we view human nature. Okay? We, we view it as flawed. Okay? We talked about men in black, for example. For a world to exist where you know, the men in black kind of uh, mentality can operate, where everything is so in, in place, it, people would have to be so perfect in a sense. Um, they, wouldn't, they, they couldn't really have human human characters, right? They couldn't have jealousy, envy, uh, greed. Uh, they would have to have a, a, an attitude of total self-control uh, and uh, no self-interest whatsoever, right? They could never be tired. Uh, 
uh, they could never never be wanting. It's just it's just not the human condition. It just doesn't exist. They would never be able to lose their temper and right. vaporize everyone's memory. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it, it's just it, this animal does not exist. Okay, and so uh, that's why we can laugh about it. But there's no such entity, and in the government and people talk about it. the closest thing that that even gets there is Area 51. You've heard about this, right? Where supposedly this is an area where the government is operating very secretly with aliens and, you know, that the imagination runs wild when it comes to Area 51. Yeah, I would say there's one area that approaches it, and it's not conspiratorial. It's the guys who operate nuclear weapons, nuclear weapon launch teams. Right. Because based on my knowledge, there hasn't been a major screw-up in that. Well, Which well, is sure. pretty incredible. But the, but the way they avoid that screw-up is by having redundancy upon redundancy upon redundancy and incredible vetting. Right. Okay, that they, they get right. But even then they have people who – they get fired, you know, people, all sorts of things. And then they, they, they make it very clear to them, you reveal anything inappropriate, bad things will happen to you. So they, they get that. And there's prison time and everything else. So it's, it's not a perfect – they know that they're not dealing with perfect characters. All right, so how did I understand all this at the end of the day? How did I come to this conclusion that, to me, I think is obvious, okay? Because you, you just need to participate in the, in, the, in the world, as it turns out, and you should be able to figure this out, right? First of all, I noticed that in every walk of my life, whether it's the judicial system where I deal with judges, whether it's with the post office where I deal with people in the post office and, and the doctors and the dentists and other lawyers for that matter, uh, my wife, uh, my kids, my, the, the teachers who teach my kids, you name it, everyone has, is self-interested. I noticed that, right? Everyone's interested in seeing the latest you know, cool uh, TV series, whether that's Game of Thrones or something else. Everyone's interested in, in getting some nookie. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and uh, the, you know, kids are interested in the video games, and girls are interested in getting dresses, and it, people are focused on other things. They have their, they have their wants that they would rather be doing, and very, you know, that's the way people are. We are built that way. We we are self interested. We want to. We we can't wait to see that new Star Wars movie. We can't wait to go to that restaurant. We and some people want to get drunk uh, on a Friday night. Okay, fine, whatever. That's the way they think. They're flawed. Yeah, don't they know they should be going on Wednesday night? <laughs> but they, 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 they go about their lives seeming to recognize all of this. And at the same time, they somehow think that men could be perfect, that they could be totally self, um, sorry, not self-interested, that they're so, uh, totally selfless. It's, it's weird. I mean, every part of their lives tells them the exact opposite. And yet they, they advance theories and beliefs that, are, that, that imagine this human fiction of a selfless creature. Like everyone else is perfectly selfless. Right. I know I want to go see the Star Wars movie on Friday, so I'm going to skip work, yeah. but no one else will. That's right. That's right. It's, like, it's like, like if you have a vacation, you want everyone else to be working. You want to be enjoying <laughs> the, the, the Mai Tais and the beach, and Right. <laughs> But everyone else should be working around you. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. And 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 they should be available at one o'clock in the morning. They they shouldn't be sleeping because you know they're working for you. They should be selfless. The men in black sort of thinking. And and I came upon this most obviously because I think there's a sense among many Americans that the Europeans are smarter, they're more cultured, they're they're more selfless, right? And because they tell you that all the time, you know, socialism is so much better. 
Oh, we pay for our bags. We pay eight dollars yes. a gallon we of are, gas. We don't have a car. We are more environmental. Right? Yeah. Whatever it is, we ride our bikes and so on. Right. Okay, so you, you get the idea, and and this is the notion. We don't bathe. So, <laughs> yes, we're saving water in the process. Uh, anyway, they 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 have this whole approach, and, and many Americans who who even Americans who visited Europe feel this way because they they like the cool trains. Right there's the great train system. Never mind that no one's, paying, you know, actually using it. But it's great for you Americans because you can actually afford it. The Europeans can't. But that's another story, okay? Another, but that those trains zip along. I must say they do. Um, but so they have this impression when they come back from Europe that the Europeans have got it going. They know what what, what they're what they're doing. I lived in in Europe, okay, for a year and a half. I lived in Germany. And then I, then I moved to Japan, uh, also for about a year and a half. We also lived in England for about a good year, but I was back and forth in college. But I lived there. Okay. So here's what happened. When we first moved to Germany, it was my senior year in high school. I went to an American high school. But I, I, we lived among the Germans, and I, I had a lot of German friends. And so I was invited to this party, people my age, a little bit older. And they're all speaking German. And the guy, the friend I was hanging out with at the party, uh, I didn't speak any German. I, and I saw these two women, two girls, I should say, and they were talking. They were having a very intense conversation, and they were crying. One of them was crying, and the other one was explaining something to them. I couldn't understand a word because I didn't speak German yet. Okay. And I turned to my friend. And I said, "What's going on over there?" And he's listening, and he's translating for me. And it goes like this. He's, he's saying what the girls are saying. He's saying, but, he, but, but she told me that she would not go out with my boyfriend. My, my boy, she's always stealing my boyfriends. <laughs> and, oh, that's not right for, uh, you know, Zika to do that. That was not right. Uh, you know, you're so much prettier than she is. <laughs> and and, and it, was, it was this inane conversation. But in my mind... When I, hear, when I heard only the German, I thought it was some sort of highfalutin discussion about you know, the, the righteousness of man and how we need to accelerate in society or whatever. I didn't know what I was thinking, but it, it certainly was not the conversation that was translated back to me. They, so they were petty, right? And, I, and I, I took that, and I noticed that, you know, and when you live among the Germans, and for that matter, the French, you begin to discover they're just like you and me. They also want to get drunk on Friday. They also want to see the, the, the new Star Wars movie or whatever movie that they, they're interested in. They, they also want to have Nookie. All right? They also want to have a vacation, just like you. Okay? In fact, more so than you, in fact. They, they have nothing to live for. Six, we, we, six weeks worth. That's right. Paid vacation right, right. here. We Americans actually, you know, can, can seek to innovate. We actually, you know, fancy ourselves as people that might actually contribute to society and the world at large and to, and to civilization itself. These people don't even have that. So all the more so. Lazy sacks of you know what. But anyway, so then we moved to Japan, like I said. And then I go to another party. And again, this time... Is two Japanese girls, okay? And I go with a friend, and I certainly don't speak a lick of Japanese. And I go with a friend, and I ask him to translate what these people are saying, what these two girls are saying. It's exactly the same conversation. Something about, 
you know, that the, the boy won't look at me, you know, and, and this, this other girl is, is, we'll call her Yoko because that's the only Japanese woman's name I know, um, you know, is, is always taking away her boyfriends from her and who does she think she is and she always only doing it to hurt me. And so here's what I discovered. People are equally petty everywhere. Okay? That's what I learned uh, in my many travels around the world. Okay? You would think I would learn something much more <laughs> philosophical. No, that's my, my takeaway. You're all equally petty. That's what you are. Okay? And don't think, but that's, it is very philosophical, isn't it, Ari, in a sense? Because I, I, the takeaway is not that we can, that, that people are naturally great, they're naturally mediocre. They're, natu they're nat naturally human. They're naturally flawed. And if we want greatness, we have to conquer our flaws. Okay, but that means you have to conquer it within yourself. Okay, that's it. You're the, you're the primary person that can change yourself. Nothing primary, more. You're the only one. You're the only one. That's right. And, and, and nothing more and nothing less. But one thing it definitely has taught me is that you got to be conservative because liberalism doesn't work. This notion that somehow we'll have a men in black society where, where some great scheme could be developed where everyone is selfless. No, sir. It'll never happen so long as those kind of conversations continue on for the rest of eternity. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. Talk with you next week. <laughs>